Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. The Cold Omaha Podcast Network. You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily podcast on the Minnesota Timberwolves, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Locked On Wolves Wired Podcast. Tim Bank, let's put those headphones on. Let's go. Have you even tested my levels yet? They're they're tested and good to go. I didn't even reset them from when Sean Hyken was in here doing Locked On Wolves last Wow. Night. Yeah, that's foresight or forgetfulness, one of the two. What concert are you covering for City Pages tomorrow or potentially covering? It's not for City Pages well, if it happens. Okay. It's uh, Japan Droids. Ooh, well, that'll be fun. I've played them a lot in your vicinity the last three weeks. I've enjoyed them. They're good. They sound like a, a classic punk band, but they're not classic. They're current. Yeah, they, uh, they've got a modern kind of thing going on, but their general bit, I think, is kind of old school. That makes sense. No, they're Canadian. They're Canadian, from Vancouver. But they're in town tomorrow. Shouts they're at to First Ave. Shouts to Japan Droid. Tim Fakeless, co-host of this year Locked On Wolves Wired program, Collabo Edition. We just do Collabo Edition once a week. That's what this is become. Eventually, maybe we'll separate. I don't I don't care. But while you're at the concert tomorrow, the Minnesota Timberwolves will be playing the Cleveland Cavaliers. And so I'm hitting send on my laptop button right now to tell Chris Manning, host of the Locked On Cavaliers podcast, to give us a call here at the Cumulus Studio in Dinkytown, Minneapolis. And we're going to talk Wolves, Cavs. So a triple collab. How about that? I'm in. How about Da? She was, supposed to, she was supposedly on Dr. Phil again last week. I need to tune in and see what happened. Because at this point, I care about her well-being. And the memes. Uh, well, I'm just going to sit in silence and let you monologue. Did you write a <laughs> recap last night on last night's game? No, that was uh, Lucas Seehafer wrote that one. Well, I'm giving you this time in between when I hit the enter button to tell Chris to give us a call whenever until he calls and we patch him through to uh, expound on your thoughts on the game. On last night's game? Yeah. They played well. They It was the second game that I can remember that they played a shorthanded roster and took it to them. The, the Pelicans f- finale last year? Is that the other one? I'm thinking of the Grizzlies, like the third game of the year. Oh. This year. I'm talking this year. Last night, I don't think Did we even said it. Did they win that game? They won by 1,000 when they oh. didn't have uh Chandler Parsons, Marcus Aller, Mark Mike Conley. Oh, that's right. But they lost to a shorthanded Grizzly Grizzlies team too. They or lost to a recently. Grizzlies team that didn't have Parsons or Gasol, but they had Conley. Anyway, yesterday, matinee game, Chicago Bulls. Full house. Yeah. They called well, okay. They called it a sellout, but when you looked around, I saw some blue. And I'm not talking about the T-shirts. I thought it was pretty. I mean, it was it was more full than I had seen it all year. It was not a sellout. Anyway, not the point. No Jimmy Butler, no Dwayne Wade, no Nikola Mirotic for whatever that's worth anymore. Wolves win by a lot. A lot. Yeah. I mean, it's what was supposed to happen. Wiggins played, I think, especially well. He seemed a little bit more aggressive than usual. He did that one little Kobe move. And Ricky Rubio, cool. I thought, dominated the first quarter, especially. Yeah. He was really, really good. Carl Anthony Towns was typical Carl Anthony Towns. You could argue he played better defense than usual. That is hard to quantify statistically, but I thought he did. Uh, it was a nice game. It was I a nice a, win. I have a question. I was with, uh, briefly, between when we recorded Locked On Wolves with Sean Hyken last night and after the game, you met. Uh, my two idiot friends, Cole and Nick, on the corner. Yeah. They I don't know which. Few, they had a few, and one said weird stuff about your hair. I don't know that why. Was, okay. It was very uncharacteristic, and it wasn't even condescending. I can 
I would tell well, you. I believe you. It was just it just threw me for a loop. It was a, yeah. Shouts to Cole Slaw. I've never been complimented for my hair in my life. Shouts to Cole Slaw and Nikki two times. Anyway, uh, they said it was a boring game because the Wolves just jumped out to a lead and sustained the lead and and won by that much. And I was like, wait a minute. I thought the atmosphere was pretty good. Rel- you know, maybe a couple rows away, a section or two away from a full house. Wolves do awesome stuff, you know, throughout most of the game. Chicago got it down to as many as 13, the Wolves lead, that is. But I thought it was pretty entertaining as far as Wolves games I've covered this season are concerned. Here's but my thing. The fan standpoint was apparently boring. Boring is what it was. Do your friends watch, the like, every Wolves game? I would probably not coleslaw, but Nikki two times probably watches every third game. Okay, and he's why Zeta's leading three-point shooter in school history. Happy for him. I yeah. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> I guess the only argument that I'd have, it, well, not so much an argument as maybe a explanation for why they'd think that, and this could be wrong. They don't watch every game, so for us who watch every game or try to, you could argue that. Uh, I'm holding my my side right now from that low blow. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think you can make the case that for those of us that watch every game, a, a game where the Wolves build a lead, sustain a lead, and just play really just consistently well throughout is fun. <laughs> for a fan that doesn't watch every game just to see a blowout and a sustained blowout, I can understand why that wouldn't be fun for them. But for someone like you or me who watch every game, not even one that covers the team, just you know your diehard fan. I think it's a more enjoyable experience. More than a casual, but not yet a diehard. And not a season ticket holder. Right. He bought, Nikki two times bought the five-game package, he said. The oh, holiday package. Fair enough. So, for whatever that's worth. So, you're saying that they thought the Wolves did what they were expected to do. Yeah, pretty much. Wow. I Well, I think so. That doesn't mean that they're good at doing that, but they did it last night. So, kudos to them, I guess. That's fair. We're still... uh Still about a minute away from when Chris calls, I bet, because the coordinated time was 8.30. And it is? 8.29. Oh, if you're 15 minutes early, you're on time. It's 5. Wait, I'm trying to think of the drumline quote. It's if you're 5. You're late if you're on. No, you're on time if you're 15 minutes early. You're late was, if you're on time. I thought it was 5 minutes. I think it's 15. Oh. My dad always said 5 minutes, but I think that was from the Navy. Ah. Well, so. Apparently, this drum fictional drumline is tougher than the Navy. They are hardcore. I did like that movie, by the way. It's a good movie. It's a little, well, not underrated. I think it's properly rated. If it's on TV, I'm watching it. Yeah, for sure. When does the new Fast and the Furious come out? Do you I know? I don't care. You don't? I'm not one. No. Twitter blows up over Fast and I the Furious. I love Fast and the Furious. I don't care. Dude, it's going to be 45 minutes of Vin Diesel you know, in conflict with himself. You've you lost me already. And doing, you know... Stunts and explosions and, and car scenes and maybe about 15 minutes of plot line stuff at each end. And I will watch it the night it comes out. <laughs> you you are most, most you are most ever. dudes. You are most dudes. That's okay. So, uh, no Kevin Love tomorrow. Uh-huh. That's a bummer. Uh-huh. No, no petty video montage uh, stuff. I think- stuff that the Spurs wouldn't do. Oh, my God, I forgot about that. You remember that? Yeah. I mean. We're hearkening back to January 31st of, was it last year? Two no, years two ago. years ago. Yeah. Because Flip said it. Flip said it. Rest in peace. And they, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think they're past the petty videos at this point. Like, love being there is old news now, right? I don't think people yeah. care much anymore. Like, he might get some cheers and some booze the next time he plays at home, which will be next year, I guess, hopefully. But at this point, I don't think it's as big a deal as. It was even last year. Do you think, speaking of being above petty videos, I didn't see a You're Not From Miami cam when they were playing the Heat. Well, that's that's not a thing anymore. They got to do that for the Warriors at this point, don't they? You're not from Oakland or the Bay Area, I Yeah, suppose. or you're not from Cleveland. Maybe nope. we'll see that Maybe tomorrow. We'll see it to, or I will anyway. Yeah, I will. Assuming won't. I'm covering it. <laughs> Let the record state that Chris is one minute late. We're timing him. This on is every, embarrassing, on Chris. Every Let's call. get it Seriously. together, please. It's not, you know, I mean. Locked on means get here on time. You are locked on the time that you are scheduled to show up for. We, uh, you lazy bum, we're Chris out, Manning. We're out of prepped material. We prepped as 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 much as we needed to prep. <laughs> this is our whole prep, 
Oh, we could talk about Friday's game, can't we? Because yeah, it's we technically can, the we, weekly show. We can talk about whatever Timberwolves-related topics you were. That was the Heat game, right? The Pelicans. The Pelicans. The Pelicans oh, yeah. game. I was not there. You were. I was there. Okay. Let's back up. Back it up. I was there with four of my college friends. Oh, yeah. I did see you briefly beforehand. And I had had a couple beverages. I had a couple at the game. I had one at dinner. I had a couple oh, before is, that. Is that what you call I it? I had a couple after that. <clears throat> and I had a couple after that. Um, shouts to all of those establishments. I got <laughs> my favorite. Yeah, let's see. Shouts to the Loon Cafe. Shouts to Lynn Lake Brewery, the Iron Door, the Iron Door Pub, uh, Morrissey's Irish Pub, and yes, the concession stand at the Target Center. But that game was awful to the point where my friends decided this is kind of this kind of goes against the code that my dad has set for me as a basketball fan. You'd never leave the game early, ever. You left early? They wanted to leave early, so we left early. My buddy drove us, was driving home. So we left early. As I was going up the stairs and leaving the arena, my phone buzzes. I have a tweet. Looks like uh, from Alex Conover, if I recall. Maybe. It's your he snapped, notification. He snapped a paparazzi-esque photo of me leaving the game. Saying, oh, wow, even no the, the game is so I'm bad, even you're up. leaving. I'm looking that up right now. That's going to be the cover. That's going on the website, coldomaha.com. Can't wait. <laughs> That's so funny. I'm looking this up. Dead air. Timmy, continue to talk. What time did you leave the game? Oh, oh, phone call. You're, you're lucky. Thank God. And now he's on the phone getting Chris connected. I'm gonna pass you through, okay? Here we go. Are you guys ready? Chris, dude. Oh, Christopher. Christopher Manning. Man, I know I'm not having audio problems. Well, that'd be a bummer because we... We wanted to do this on the fly. So it'd be a real bummer if we couldn't get a hold of him. Oh, do I hear things? We're going to have him try again. If you recall, the last time we had Chris Manning on the program. We had problems. We had problems. So this is kind of a tradition. At, at this point, if he, if we do a lockdown with him again, it'd be weird if he just seamlessly got onto the program. So this is probably for the best. I might have to timestamp this because I did get uh, – I was I was talked to about some uh, some dead air time when that did happen. I so, like dead air time. Though. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna. But t- I don't want you to get in trouble. I'm gonna timestamp it as if I'm going back later to edit it. Whether you do or not is another story. Is that good? Yes. Do you want me to keep doing that? Yeah. Do it till Chris calls, and I'm so glad I'm recording this. All right, stop. Hello? We are all good. Please say yes. Yes. Yay! My goodness. What's funny, Chris, Chris Manning, Locked On Cavaliers podcast host? Yes. Is that we all we had to do was get up and go into a different studio and do it. Oh, what do you know? But that took like 20 steps and picking a couple things up. So you can understand why we were reluctant. Here's the unfortunate part. (laughs) Is the fact that uh, Tim and I were doing our own thing for like 10, 15 minutes, and we were just going cold, and we were going to do the whole show all the way through. And so that uh, the slew of technical difficulties that I have no idea, nor am I qualified to deal with, uh, really threw that off. So how's it going? It's going good. Um, today is one of those days where you think you're not going to have a lot of Cavsy things to do, and then like seven things happen. Well, let's. What was number one? Yeah, let's hear. Uh, it. Br- okay, all right. Number one, Chris Bird. Well, actually, number one, you have a bad Clay Travis take about Nike and LeBron. We'll Cl- There's that. Clay Travis get- is is he a college basketball analyst? Who's Clay Travis? He writes for Fox Sports. Got it. Got it. Got it. Yeah, he's the uh, outkick the coverage guy. Oh. Um, yeah, yeah. What is uh, the- if you don't know who he is, you're probably better off. What is the what is the what is the take? So his take was uh, basically kind of saying that Nike um, 
is the, like uh, this big hypocritical thing for like having that equality ad because they're they're stuff overseas and just sort of ignored a lot of like the realities of it. It was just like, wow, they're they're bad and they're hypocrites, and LeBron's a hypocrite by by extension. Oh, oh, so LeBron doesn't even know what's going on, and somebody's insulting him. Yeah, I mean, oh, we're, we're good. We're, there's more of that to come. Oh, um, so and is he, that number two? Uh, well, we'll say that's number one, and the number two is ran out of nowhere. You get the press release that Chris Anderson somehow gets traded to the Hornets for for like nothing, right? For like nothing, which I, I, I bonkers that that happened. I mean, I figured they were going to have to cut him to get out of to, to clear the roster spot. So, shots to David Griffin for just like somehow getting the Hornets to like take some money and give up a pick that they won't actually have to give to the Cavs just to wave Birdman. Like that's pretty neat. That was awfully nice of the Hornets. Who's the Hornets GM? Hmm. Rich Cho and uh, the Rich Cho. I wonder if we Rich did, Cho sounds right. I wonder if we did enough due diligence that we could find, you know, some potential backdoor deal between them that could go down based on mutual connections. Well, people were making jokes about Michael just needing gambling money. <laughs> so, That's pretty well, funny. Yeah, I'm sure uh, Michael's doing fine, and we're happy for him. Yeah, he's, Michael's very rich. Michael Jordan is very rich. I, yeah, he's, I've heard of him. Yeah, I mean, you know, just a guy that, you know, made 23 a famous number and, you know, played for the Bulls. That guy was in Space Jam. Oh, wait, is Jordan not its own brand and it's owned by Nike, but Nike doesn't even, like, never mind. Yeah, subsidiary, I guess, is the, the way to put it. They're, they, excellent. Excellent use of the word subsidiary. What's number three? All right, number three, uh, then there's the, the Kevin Love, his knee is not great. Uh, it looks like, I mean, he's not playing in Minnesota, which is something I was curious to ask you guys about because he uh, I, he actually sounded sort of excited to come back to Minnesota and because he said he's still connections there and likes going back there. Um, I was curious to see what that was going to be like for, for Minnesotans and, and people in the Twin Cities. Uh, but he's, he's, I don't think he's actually going to play Wednesday or in the All-Star game, and I think that's probably the smart play. He, Kevin Love is an All-Star? Yeah. Oh, I don't. I don't even look at Eastern Conference stuff. That's news to me. <laughs> yeah, I have no. I think LeBron made it too. I'm not sure. And Kyrie. <laughs> yeah, big if true. Uh, we touched on the the love thing earlier. This will be his third time back. I don't remember. Did he play last year? I don't recall. I think I don't he did. Think so. Oh no. He, one of the. I think one of the years he didn't play. I can't remember if it was the first year or last year. It was. It was not the first year because we rehashed what happened his first time back. Oh, that's right, right, right. Yeah, the the weird uh, the video the intro video for Mike Miller. Yeah, there was the the welcome home Mike Miller thing that happened, and, and we touched on it. and We called it petty because that's what it was. And uh, it was funny. The late Flip Saunders said, "You know, the Spurs would never do something like that." He was actually vocally, you know, he vocalized his unhappiness about it during the press conference it was pretty funny yeah i guess as far as you know yeah the homecoming it's happening i guess wolves fans were kind of vindicated when love won a ring and he from a wolves fan standpoint when you switch on to steph curry on a late game possession in the in game seven of the nba finals and uh not forced him to miss a shot, but Curry misses that he shot. He played him well and, on that possession. And, and there's the whole, the Wolves didn't draft Steph Curry thing bit in play there. Uh, when Love, yeah. when that happened, Wolves fans are sort of vindicated. So we're happy for Kevin Love. It's sad that he doesn't well, play and we don't get to see him play, but it greatens the Wolves' chances of winning, Timmy. Okay. I think it's 50-50 on what you just said. I think some Wolves fans are vindicated. I think and know for a fact that there are at least a handful of Wolves fans that did not want to see Kevin Love win a title because they didn't really like his attitude as he left here. Are you one of them? No. No. All right. No. I was happy to see it. And honestly, like just seeing Kevin Love from kind of a chubby rookie to what he is now, uh, he didn't really know how to play defense to start his career. I think as he left the Wolves, I think most people who watched him pretty consistently thought – you know, at the very least, he's he knows what to do on defense. He's an okay team defender. He knows what to do in one-on-one. He's not a good defender just because of his lack of athleticism, but he knows what he's doing. At any rate, his defense was always kind of his downfall while he was in Minnesota. And personally, when I saw him, like you said, on that possession, I felt a little vindicated. Just It, it felt like a real point A to point B, and all of that encapsulated in him winning the finals shortly thereafter was a cool moment 
Yeah, but we're glad he's not playing tomorrow because the Wolves have a better chance of winning that way. <laughs> yeah, uh, but I mean, it's it's. Uh, I, I he was generally seemed excited to come back. That's. Yeah, that's I'm that's I'm sure some, that's I'm sure something. He, yeah, I'm well okay. I'm the sure the media he, here is real nice, so it's not like we're yeah. we're not we're not uh you know, we're ja- we're not jackals up here. I'm not, I'm sure he meant that he was excited to come up here. I'm sure that someone also asked him, Are you excited to return to Minnesota? And of course he's not oh, gonna yeah. say no. I mean yeah. I'm, yeah, I but think I mean, there are two like sides the, of it. The, 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 well, I agree with that, but I think like the it's interesting because he is opening up more. I think he's more comfortable talking to me than he recognizes this year. Makes sure. And this was sure. like the way he answered it was like the body language of it was also sort of positive. And yeah, it's like a cliche answer, but um, he did. It wasn't just like yeah, like I'm happy to be here and yada yada yada. It was an actual sort of thought out kind of thing. Um, I, and I guess I mean I guess there is probably some just sort of like yeah, you got you can't say like no, I don't want to go back to Minnesota. His relationship with the media actually is sort of fascinating because if you I, I never got the impression that Minnesota media was particularly hard on him, but they were not. Was like very, he was like very closed off to my understanding when he came to Cleveland, um, and you know he he has that same he he's had some moments where he's been sort of blunt and kind of not really interested in talking. I wonder if that was more of the national media kind of killing him for a little bit. That's sort of probably my guess, right? Well, I can say that when he was here, just in terms of body language, because I only covered the Wolves like uh, with you know the, the media, as a member of the media, his last year with the team. And, his, and just in terms of body language, he was definitely a standoffish. He would always be the last one to you know, leave sort of that back showers, ice bath area to get dressed and leave. Took his time. He uh-huh. And when he would talk, his head was drooped down. You really had to get the microphone up in his face to get any semblance of what he was saying because he – I could be wrong. He, I think he's also a bit of an, more of an introvert than we realize, but he did not seem oh, like I he wanted – Oh, I 100% believe that. He did not seem like he wanted that. to be there. Part, and, of, part of that, too, is the team's success. I'm sure, right? I'm sure he was – well – that year they were blowing a lot of teams out. Like they finished forty and forty-two. The Wolves did, but they won plenty of games. And they, at, I'm talking even at the point when it looks like they were pretty steadily in, not just in the playoff hunt, but you know maybe even a playoff team. When Kevin Martin was doing his thing at a higher level, Pekovic, December of that year, Nikola Pekovic was like a borderline All Star. Ricky Rubio was at the height of his game, and it looked like they were going to make the playoffs. And even then, Love just didn't seem like a generally. Happy dude. There was that whole Sid Hartman incident. Do you remember that? Oh, refresh my memory. Late, late in the season, Sid Hartman, Chris, is a 96-year-old media legend. He, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, you know who he is? You heard of him? I've, I have heard of him because I always liked uh, – I remember like reading something of his or reading something about him when Love was still in Minnesota when I was reading about Love. Pretty sure he was the general manager of the Minneapolis Lakers at one point. Or he had was. A, had a big reason for their curation, like – uh, the way yeah you know, he can he can literally say well well you don't like the NBA well we didn't always have the NBA that's how old this guy is so he's trying to get Kevin Love's attention when the scrum had moved on in the locker room and oh I remember he this he was trying go to get on, a quote on. and Kevin Love is like Sid back off I I couldn't tell you verbatim what he said and I don't want to misquote him were but, you at the game no I wasn't I, I can tell you that he said okay like. Love was incredibly polite. He's like, all right, we'll talk to Aaron. Aaron's the PR manager. You mm-hmm. go, go talk to Aaron, and we'll set it up. And Sid's like, why can't you just answer my questions right now? He's getting all flustered and angry. Yeah. At this point, yeah. he's a you know a spry 95, um, but he would just not let it go. And I've never seen Love so baffled by a reporter before, but that's the only real experience that I've seen him really catch any heat from a Minnesota reporter, if yeah. that's any indication. So- Basically, and he was composed. Yeah, the, Kevin Love has no reason to. I guess you know, going back to the Minnesota media isn't like some huge homecoming. We're over it. He, I'm sure John Krasinski will be happy, or he'll be happy to see him because he just seems like a dude that's popular amongst the players. They probably text all the time. I know that. Well, this won't matter. Miles Brown and him are friends. I think. Oh, that's something. That's a thing. That's a that's a name drop. I saw them. I saw them like give each other a hug once when Miles the, the came dads. into town. Yeah. All right. Well, it's number four, Chris. We went off the uh, rails a little bit on number uh, three. Okay, so that's what we're here for. Uh, number four um, is that J.R. Smith might be back in three weeks, and then he tweets that it is um, not true, and that the if you're 
using sources. You're, you know, you have nothing else to write about. Then he had a typo, so he had to correct his typo. So my, I, I firmly believe that, like, maybe he's not going to come back in three weeks. But if you're going to go out of your way to tweet about something, and the reports came from uh, Dave McMenamin and Chris Haynes, so it wasn't like this was Joe Schmo. So it's some reliable like, on, people. On, yeah, yeah. This is this is like legit people. If you're going out of your way to tweet about something, I tend to think they're. I tend to think when you get close to a story and you're cl- as close to truth as you can be, your people are going to react to it. So that's kind of my my cryptic read of that. Jared Smith is probably closer to being back than we might have thought, which is which is good news. All right, my question to you before we assess this J.R. Smith thing. When you make a typo on a tweet, Chris Manning, do you delete the tweet or you, do you just add another tweet to the thread of the original tweet with the typo? I'm not well. Okay, I my personal I'm a, my actual account, I do do the thread thing because I'm not big on deleting tweets. Um, but if it's like a locked on Cavs tweeter or something for my day job, I, I do delete it because I feel like that uh, that's sort of like a more of like a lasting brand thing more so than like my own personal. Thing. Tim, I'm fifty-fifty. Sometimes I'll delete if I catch it immediately, and I'm on TweetDeck, and I can just get rid of it. Someone saw it, still, you know it. Yeah, uh, but the other half of the time, yeah, like honestly, I don't care. Do any? Do either of you ever ever Phil Jackson it, and just how is it going? Can just leave it. I, I no, I don't. Frankly, I take the Mitch Hedberg route, kinda. Remember that whole bit where he's like, "If oh yes, if I'm sitting and writing jokes and I can't find a pen, I have to convince myself that what I thought of wasn't funny." And so, if I typo, if I send a typo in a tweet, I just delete the tweet and I don't even resend it at all. Wow, it's just gone. It's in the abyss. It's, it's uh, just over. That thought was good, but you screwed it up, and now it's lost its chance. Um, yeah. That's I, uh, do, I do think it's actually a uh, secretary of educationing it, not a. Uh... <laughs> Not a, uh, it's not Phil Jackson, and it's Secretary of Education. Again. I, I like that. I like that. That's much better. That was way that's, that's several typos. You need to delete that and probably just quit your job if, if you ask me. But let's not get too political. How, how much do the Cavs miss J.R. Smith? A lot, uh, because I don't think I'm like a Monchumper fine, but like J.R. Smith just helps him with, with shooting so much. He, I think it, they miss him, him joking around the locker room to an extent. Um, to be honest, I think, and I think they miss his like semi creation ability to create his own shot. And I think him and Core on the floor together is going to be interesting. Um, I think, and I think this, just in terms of getting Corver and having Shumpert and having all these guys that you want to play, the sooner you get Jr. back, the more likely you're going to be to be able to incorporate everything you need to. Um, and I think being able to adjust and get your rotations the sooner to the playoffs, the closer you can be to the playoffs and have those guys working, it's the best it's the best possible scenario. And if they and if they have these issues where like J.R. Smith is only gonna get like ten games or something like that, that's not great. So you have done the math. If he returns in three weeks you'll have t- how many games to twenty or twenty if he comes back on the Tuesday of that week, um, or the Monday of that week, I can't remember. It's 21, and if he comes back on the Thursday of that week, on the 9th of March, it would be 20 games. Wow. So you have done the math. So what you're saying is if he comes back in three weeks, that will be an adequate amount of time for him to synchronize himself with the rotations that Tyron Lue will deploy at that point. Theoretically. Theoretically, because Ty Lue doesn't exactly uh, run the most set rotations. Does LeBron like James goes, he, he, run the, the set rotations? Oh, well, I see what you did there. I see what you did there. Um, but the, did LeBron the, the Cavs, James? Man, we need to go back. Did LeBron James trade Birdman, or did David? Gr- Sorry, continue. <laughs> um, David Griffin. <laughs> NBA should be should be NBA executive of the, of the year. David Griffin, if only because he somehow gets teams to agree to deals that I I can't I, I couldn't even do in a trade machine. Um, so, the the thing with Ty Lue is like he just sort of goes on feel quite a bit, um, and I and I understand why he does that to an extent. But I I think with Jr. you probably have to get a little bit more rigid and kind of figure out where he's going to work best and if he's going to start if if Shumpert's going to start if Corver's going to start how you're going to how you're going to do that and I think Jr. needs to get in a, into a as close as you can get him to what he's going to be in the playoffs. I think that's ideal just because. 
he's going to have to get back in shape as well. And it wasn't like he – if you look at his numbers before he went down with a broken thumb, he was not exactly good before the injury either. So I think I think there's sort of a lot of play here. And I think it's in a vacuum great to get him back, but I think it's a little bit more nuanced than people are going to probably think for the first week. Yeah, well, when you're 37 and 16 and at the top of the Eastern Conference standings, you got to get a little nuanced sometimes, I imagine. Yeah. Rough life. Number five. All right, so uh, then you have this is this is this one we don't need to spend much time on. But Jared Smith um, was some was he's uh, not in Minnesota; he's at home. But he's still like a commercial for McDonald's in Cleveland, and he's very excited about it. So he and he gets got to bring the Larry O'Brien trophy to a local McDonald's. Nice. I just found that amazing, I, and he just seemed very happy about it on Instagram. Was it the same McDonald's where our boy Charles was eating a Big Mac or got his Big Mac from and brought it back and then he heard the missing girl? You think? It's possible. Can't Anything rule, is possible. Can't rule it out. Can't rule it out. Number six. All right, number six. I am looking at a picture, sorry, of uh, okay. it's a selfie of J.R. Smith and the Larry O'Brien trophy at McDonald's. Get some coffee, some orange juice. It's is, great. It, is, is it your desktop background? Not yet. Got to resize it. <laughs> Got to resize. All right, number uh, six. All right, number six. Uh, so then there's this other thing. Like, uh, there's this. We don't need to get too into this because this could get this could get a little dicey as well. But there's this Jason Whitlock video that comes out. Oh, I think I saw this. But go on. Uh, and he's like just saying LeBron was born on third base, and I just want and I just like like thought about that for a second and if you've like read like the there's like a, there have been several LeBron books but there's this one that came out by a guy whose name I can't remember that works for the Academy Journal the paper on LeBron's hometown it came out right when he got drafted and I remember reading this when when I was like in third or fourth grade and LeBron James like literally grew up in this housing project where people are like drugs being dealt everywhere he missed a hundred days of school in fourth grade because he didn't have the means to get to school yeah did you see Kyle Newbeck's tweet he went off on this he went yeah, a little viral yeah, about it today. yeah shout out shout Shout out to Kyle, man. He got like over a thousand retweets for this. And He's a friend of the so, program. Yes. Yeah, friend of the program, Kyle Newbeck. I love Kyle. Um, hope Joe B gets healthy just for for his sake. But uh, like this, this is just like this absurd. Like I, yeah, was LeBron born like naturally gifted? And but yes, but he it was on him to maximize it. It wasn't like he was born and then destined to be this. LeBron's life, in so many ways, is sort of like a miracle that he ended up here and is as functional of a human as he is. Like he he is he. So much had to go right for him with in terms of getting the right mentors, in terms of just being in the right situation, in terms of him making the right choices, and being able to go and you know being able to like he played basketball at the YMCA with guys like Drew Joyce and Romeo Travis, and then Keith Damrod, his first high school coach, and then he goes to St. Mary, and all these things happen. Like LeBron was not born on third base. Like LeBron was born in these very in this very bad situation, and it just like it drives me nuts when people are like, oh, LeBron is just like this this. You know, like I was born with a silver spoon in his mouth. Like he's not. Like he's just he just had this. He had inc- like a not to be super hyperbolistic or if that's even a word, but like he just had like a very like bad childhood and these extremely bad circumstances in a part of Akron that is not great. And that's not even talking about like the fact that he doesn't like he hasn't. He's never LeBron been in James trouble. Know who he, LeBron James doesn't even know who like his dad is. Yeah, like it's a very like, relevant, pertinent point to this conversation. Yeah, like LeBron, like had all these great men, like these great people that were father figures in his life that substituted. But LeBron never knew who his dad was, and he grew up in these very desolate situations, like situations that are, like they're independent of each other. Not to like say like, oh, you don't have a dad, like you're doing that's dumb. But like you, like he just grew up in these in a violent area in a bad situation. Again, missed a hundred days of school because days of school because he couldn't have the means to get to school. Yeah, tr- <laughs> that is that is insanity. Yeah, that's. Uh, I'm totally with you there. I couldn't have said it any better myself. I have nothing to add. You nailed it, Chris. I ha- I have a snarky remark though. What about that uh, H2, the yellow one that the that wasn't until senior year though. Didn't his mom get a, a yellow Hummer, or wasn't there a whole she investigation? She did. Yeah, after they knew he was going to make money, and then um, he also got in trouble <laughs> for buying jerseys at this store in Cleveland that were like throwback jerseys back when like those were when, it, when NBA players wore a lot. Hmm. Uh, kind of pre-dress code, and he got in trouble for that and got suspended a game. Oh, because he... There's, there are two LeBron books. Um, I, I can't remember the name of the one, but there's one by Ryan Jones, Farmer Jones, as you probably know him on yep, Twitter. Yep, that, yep. That, is, that is great. And then there's another one that uh, talks a lot about more of his upbringing 
um, buy a guy from the Academy Journal. If you look it up on Amazon or like on your local bookseller, it'll probably show up right away. But those are both these like great looks into LeBron James. That the, probably the probably the best outside of a Lee Jenkins story to date. And who's isn't Brian Winhorst writing a book about the Cavs title run last year? Winhorst and McMenamin have a book coming out on May 11th. Coincidentally, Marcus Thompson from I believe the San the Bay Area News Group has yeah. a Steph Curry book coming out the same day. Oh really? Wow! So they're co-authoring that McMenamin and Winhorst. Yeah, I think Windhorst is the um, the main guy on it. And Windhorst wrote a book about the Cavs with uh, a local Cleveland guy named Terry Pluto already. Um, but this is uh, this is going to be it's going to be a lot about LeBron. But I, I'm expecting a lot of really interesting Dan Gilbert nuggets in that book. That's kind of my hope. Yeah, I want to hear about the Vegas trip on their way home after winning the title. Yes, yes, just the whole and because I really need a I need a definitive answer one way or another. If LeBron really, you know, he's played coy about the Ultimate Warrior shirt, I need to know for sure. And I want to know when J.R. Smith's shirt came off. There's actually a video. So there's a video. It's like um, it's a little zap rooter of this. But there's a video that you can that Justin Rowan, Kaz Anita, uh has tweeted before, and it was his pinned tweet for a while, might still be, of J.R. Smith looking at Channing Fry without his shirt off and getting like that look of like, oh, that's a good idea. And then it was like... Um, a, like a cut to like the next moment, and like Jair's like spraying the bottle of champagne in Vegas, and it was like, oh, that, that, like I think that maybe was that moment when it happened. Maybe, Chris. I will yeah. say before we get to number seven, you know everything I could possibly want to know about the Cavs, and probably more. You are very on point with your stuff. I I just like read a bunch of stuff, and I just know I try to just know stuff that I feel like maybe will have a five percent chance, if not less, of being useful. Number seven. Number seven, uh, LeBron James wins his NBA record 57th Eastern Conference Player of the Week awards. I'm just saying. How many? What That's was that ridiculous. number? He's, he's, won, he's won 57 Player of the Week awards in his NBA career. How do you think he celebrates each one? I, I, I don't think he probably doesn't anymore. There's 52 <laughs> weeks in a full calendar year. He's yeah. won 57 Players of the Week. He might buy a pack of Skittles or something. That's, rid- That's dumb. That's a lot. Well, yeah, I would say ban LeBron James, but that, I don't want that. No. That yeah. So do so do people in Minnesota like when the Cavs are like a big star? Let's say it's you know uh, the Warriors or LeBron or somebody else. When they come to town, is that like a bigger environment? Is it a louder oh, yeah. environment in the arena when that happens? Yes. Oh yeah. And it's full of like, let's say I'll go back as far as uh, not to put any salt and whatever maybe left in a wound there. I'm sure there isn't now. When LeBron joined the Heat. Uh, there suddenly was a big conglomerate of uh, new Heat fans that lived in Minnesota. Or if you want to go back even further, there were a bunch of Lakers fans in the Kobe Shaq era who now don't exist. Currently, Golden State fans would even, fit the bill. Yeah, <laughs> even like in the mid-2000s, there was a definite increase in random Suns fans during the Steve Nash, Amari Stoudemire, Sean Marion era. Get it, get it. I'm happy about that. It, it never ends. Uh, so... Um, when yes. the Cavs come to town, yes. Well, even, to answer your question, yes. Even the Bulls, and I think it's a, a has a lot that, to do. That might with, be more of a local with thing. proximity. A yeah, the it was a. They said it was sold out. Tim and I have determined it was maybe one or two sections total. Like combine all the empty seats into one or two sections, and you might have not been at a complete sellout. But anyway, it was a good environment. Yes. I I am very harsh on Wolves fans because they're like 29th, 28th. Or dead last, I haven't checked in a while, in home attendance. Tim's looking that up right now on cue, Tim. But the Nuggets are lower. The nu- Yeah, they're, Ooh, we'll they're always in competing action with the Nuggets for dead last in attendance. Timmy's got it. The Nuggets are last. The, the Timberwolves Wolf- are 29th, and the Nets are 28th. Yeah, see, Wolf fans, go to games. That's that's my thing. I tell them to go to games. The Bucks are 26th. Wow. That, okay. that doesn't shock me, I guess. That surprises me a little, but oh well. But Bulls, Cavs, Golden State, the arena fills up. The popcorn is popping. And, uh, Interestingly enough, Golden State is only 8th in attendance. Well, people can't afford tickets now. I suppose. Where We're, are the Cavs at? Yeah. The Cavs are number two. Chicago is number one. Oh, hey. Cleveland number two. Bulls fans, Bulls fans are nihilists. Yeah. They, are, they, are, they are massive shit. That just, is what Bulls fans just are. Just like the Knicks, man. The Knicks are fourth in attendance somehow. Immediately Kevin Farragut popped into my head when you said that, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's great. Shouts um, to Kevin Farragut. Yeah, shouts to Kevin Farragut. All right, so how are you guys um, and Wolves fans reacting post Zach Levine? 
Like how we haven't talked since then. Like how how are people reacting to that? We're we're dealing. We we've acquired Lance Stevenson. Yeah. So everything's fine. <laughs> we're really it's it's being car, compartmentalized. We we just don't talk about it or acknowledge it. Like I'm not watching a game and thinking, oh, if Zach Levine was here, the Wolves' defense would be better. Yeah. It like the way that I think we talked about it with. Uh, who did we talk about it with? Toronto. Uh, oh, Sean Woodley. Thank you, Sean Woodley. I'm sorry, Sean. Host Locked of the on Locked Raptors, on Raptors yeah. podcast. Shouts to him. Like the way that I see it, it's obviously a huge loss for the season and possibly more. Um, but in the short term, at least as of right now, I'm not sure. And this isn't a knock on Levine's current talent or his potential to potentially be an All Star one day. I'm not sure how much it kills the Wolves immediately. Just from a team chemistry standpoint, I think you can make the case that, and this is going to sound weird considering that Levine averaged almost 20 points a game, having Brandon Rush and Lance Stevenson as your two point or two off guards uh, might make the team flow just as well, if only because they're vets that know how to play well and know how to make uh, Andrew Wiggins and Carl Anthony Towns and Ricky Rubio do their thing. Or more specifically, they're they're catch and shoot guys that don't need the ball all the time to be successful, which gives more freedom to those three. And Levine is an extra guy that needs the ball to do things. You can too uh, make Wiggins the focal point of your offense. You can you don't have to distribute between three different scores. You can instead just do it two, and it makes it moves Wiggins to the two. He's all of a sudden guarding smaller guys. Smaller guys are likely guarding him. Uh, tomorrow, for instance, I don't know if he'll match up against LeBron. I'm assuming Brandon Rush and Lance Stevenson will take those duties. And <laughs> I kind of forgot about that. <laughs> that'll be yeah. What just in time, Lance Stevenson? Come on down for the for the uh, the rematch against LeBron. So I, you, you know, we're really. It's much like the can the Wolves afford to pay Towns, Wiggins, and Levine max contracts? Although maybe with the injury, the Wolves won't have to pay Levine a max contract. Who knows? But it's sort of like that conversation, and we don't want to deal with it right now, so we're just not going to pay attention to it. That's a good way to do it. Just push push everything down inside until until you have to deal with it later. That's a good way to do it. It's a good way to go about life, too, really. Yeah, Yeah, it's a good good very healthy healthy strategy for life just push everything down until you can't until it just explodes later well the timberwolves practice facility is owned by the mayo clinic so that makes sense we do have health hey. we have health connections yeah. yo right there and Cavs, cleveland clinic courts we're good everyone is healthy yeah everyone is everyone is is healthy um, chicago yeah, united I mean, healthcare i think the midwest is yeah. the healthiest place in the nba yeah suck it coastal elites <laughs> Oh man, what what else do you want to know about the Wolves? We've spent a lot of time talking about the Cavs. Yeah, what do you got? All right, uh, Carl Anthony Towns. I think we asked this before, but uh, should he be an All Star? No, no. This is all no? going to make him hungrier. He's been playing better, better lately, but I we'll get our Carl Anthony Towns in the All Star game eventually. Next that, year, that will he'll make it next year. That will happen. My yeah. my thing is we're not upset about it. Well, no, I'm not upset about it. Does he deserve to be considered an all-star? Yes. Does he deserve to make the all-star team over the players that made it? No. Not this year. Next year, I would be shocked if, A, he didn't improve, not exponentially, but in the way that stars generally improve. Some new aspect of his game is going to be there. I think he's going to be good enough to make it next year. I don't know who he'll boot, whether it's Marc Gasol, DeAndre Jordan, whoever. Maybe he'll start getting late-game touches, too. Uh, well, uh, that'd be nice. Although, I mean, for whatever it's worth, Andrew Wiggins hasn't been terrible in that role lately. No, but for Towns to be pretty good throughout the course of a game and then to just not get touches late is bothersome to me. Well, he does set the screens, I suppose. Uh, all right, so describe the Lance Stevenson 10-day experience in one word. Exhilarating. No. Um, Surprisingly solid. Like, I forgot, I, I, for, think, I forgot how good he was at defense. My word is fine. Yeah. Like, the first game he came out, and I think he hit two shots in a row, and he played good defense in Kyle Lowry the whole game, and he passed the ball well. Like, he was a good off-the-bench role guy that definitely provided a spark. That game against New Orleans, which I think Wolves fans are just kind of conveniently ignoring because the whole team played badly. I didn't even watch Lance it. Stevenson played poorly, like, on both ends. He wasn't good. That's not that facts get in the way. Uh, 
this last game against uh, Chicago, where I mean, for whatever it's worth, they didn't have Jimmy Butler or Dwayne Wade or Nikola Mirotic. The JV team, yeah. Yeah, he played okay offensively. He played well defensively. What do you so, expect from a ten-day guy? So I mean, like he's he's fine. He, I I wouldn't be shocked if they signed him for the whole season, but he's, I don't I don't much care. I guess I mean he's fine. That's he's, the word that he, I I mean different. He's definitely him. going to get another ten-day. Yes, that's for sure. Um, and it's almost as if every time he gets the ball, everybody, including players on the court, teammates and opponents, it's like there's a five foot force field surrounding him and everybody's just watching him seeing what he's going to do because no one's sure (laughs) he dribbles a lot that drives me nuts let lance prance tim okay i think i'm more i think i'm more cynical about him than most wolves fans are right now like i've seen certain people on the twitter sphere uh talk about how awesome he is for this team and i'm not sure i'm ready to say that yet he hasn't done anything he's fine he's like Dwayne deadman in that if if basketball players had hooves, those two would be the one with hooves. Yeah. Yeah. Um, best thing, are you ready for the Derek Williams return? No, stop. Don't he's make me hang up. Two, Chris, two, I will two, hang up the phone. Two, oh, two, man. Two, two games. Two games. He's been, he's been fun. Where did he's he go? He's fun. He's with the Cavs. He's with the Cavs? I didn't even know. Ten-day deal. They sign him. He debuts in Oklahoma City. He wears number 32, which the only two – I believe the last two caps to wear that number were the late Robert Tractor Trailer and Shaq, I believe. Shaq on the Cavs. I forgot that was the thing. What was his nickname and, at that point? That's a good question. Because with, with the Suns, it was the Big Cactus. Oh, yeah. The Big Shactus, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I was wearing number three, which – you know, I mean, I know Mike Dunleavy already wore that number and stuff, but like that's Deion's old number. You got to respect. We got to show some respect. He did. For Dan he Wader. did show the Wolves the business when Miami was in town. He, well, I, man, I his first Deion. couple games with Sacramento, Derek Williams would just clearly try to torch the Wolves. He's torched them he for thirty-three did. once. Yeah, yeah, which is hard to watch because when he was here, I remember one game where he and Michael Beasley each had twenty-seven points and they beat the Cavs or the, not the Cavs, the Clippers, but. Other than that, his time in Minnesota was, how do you say, uh, poor. Tumultuous. Not good. Here's here's some pertinent Derek Williams bits. There is a term that we use up here. It's called when you Derek some free throws. Yeah, that's definitely oh a thing. When you, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Tim, when you hit the, you, you don't shoot it hard enough so it hits the front iron and then it hits the backboard and then it falls in. I thought it was just missing your first free throw and making your second. Oh, that one? I think that's derricking your maybe, free throws. Maybe there's more nuance. Let's go with Tim's version. But there is a term called derricking some free throws. We'll get the specific, we'll get confirmation on specifics uh, if we recon, reconvene for a recap pod. Um, yeah. Another point I want to make is at the time, and correct me if I'm wrong, because of what Derek Williams did to Duke at the tournament and – how bad the draft was supposed to be that year. I thought Derek Williams was more or less heralded as the consensus number two he pick was. after Kyrie Irving. So there isn't. Yeah, I mean, you'll, you'll have people that in Cleveland that said that Cavs should have taken Williams over Kyrie, which thinking oh, we how many games Kyrie played at Duke. I mean, but Kyrie played like, like nine games at Duke or whatever. So, like, I mean, that's not a completely. At the time, that was not a completely uh, crazy argument. But that 2011 draft sort of bonkers. We really go back and look at it. Yeah, and retroactively, it didn't turn out the way a lot of people thought it did, but that's how these things go. So, as a Cavs have five players from that draft on the roster right now. Really? That is yeah. that is bizarre. Oh yeah, Tristan Thompson, Derek Kyrie, Williams. Derek Williams. Who? Who else? Not Jan Vesely, I assume. Um, no, <laughs> I wish. <laughs> oh, Shumpert. Yep. You're close, Tim. Come on. Uh, hold on. Hold on. Mm, give me a sec. Oh, man. Dead air, Is, Tim. Does, does he play? Like, does he play consistent oh. minutes? He ha- he has. Um, yeah, he has a decent money, and he just started a game. Oh, man. I, I give up. Really I give up. names you could guess. DeAndre Liggins. Oh, my God. I never would have guessed that. I never would have guessed it either. But to answer the initial question, no, I wasn't ready for the Derrick Williams return, but now I am. 
yeah, he's uh, and he's he's gonna play. I mean, he's not starting, which I I think uh, makes sense. But you're gonna see him play some three, play some four. And the Cavs, if they do this again against the Nuggets in their last game, ran this lineup for about eleven minutes, where they were it was like Williams, Corver, LeBron, Fry, and Jefferson. It was all six, seven guys or above. Three U of A players on that roster. Right. Yeah, and they just, uh, <laughs> or LeBron in that lineup. Like make, LeBron was making fun of them for for being Wildcats, which is pretty great. But uh, he, okay, LeBron and I have problems. Ah, uh, well, LeBron, LeBron like might have. I don't know. LeBron's allegiances are just worth as that brooder dive anyway. But he uh, is he the Drake of the NBA in terms of cheering for teams, or is he pretty set? In he's his pretty ways? hometown he's loyal. Pretty, he's like, but like, and his like reason like with college. Like, yeah, I mean he's an Ohio State guy, and I think he's like an Akron guy as well because he has he's very involved with the university with the, this big scholarship program. And his reasonings for the the, the big teams he roots for, like he's like he and he gets flack for this, and he, you know people made fun of him when he was at Indians playoff games or Cleveland baseball team playoff games. Um, but he's like you know he's uh, said that he's a Yankees fan and a Cowboys fan. His reasons for liking those teams is because one, Akron isn't really Cleveland, and people need to understand that, and two. Um, we did talk he, about that. Yeah, we did talk about this. Um, but LeBron, the only things he, the only teams he saw on TV were the Cowboys and the Yankees. Those are the teams he saw on TV because he didn't have cable, and Akron didn't have Cavs games on. All that's time. legit. Yeah, that's I totally accept legit. that. I accept that reason. It's like one of yeah. our one of our guests is Mike Brody. He grew up a bull, watching the Bulls. He lived in Iowa and couldn't really watch anything else. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, what do you yeah. what do you think? I got forty minutes of audio, sufficient potting. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Chris Manning, C CMW rights. CWM rights. CW. Actually, actually, my middle name even is a relation to the Timberwolves. It's a, my middle name is Wolf, and I can prove it. Actually, if you ask me, to. is it Wolf with an E? With a U. Wow. W U L. What's the What's the yeah. uh, What's that from? The What's heritage. That deri- German. heritage. Thank German. 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 I'm mostly I'm mostly a uh, a Norwegian, but I have like a small bit of German. If you if you can get if you see guess just based on like my Twitter picture, I'm like super blonde hair, blue eye, like you do look Scandinavian. Scandinavian yeah, I agree. Scandinavian. You would fit in. Norwegian. You would fit in here. I'm saying, do any good Norwegian restaurants in the Twin Cities? Because I'm I'm really down, I, there's none in Cleveland, and it kills me. My my grandmother could tell you. She actually listens. So uh, she'll she will listen to this and she will hear that and she has a Norwegian sticker on the back of her car so she will get oh. close circuit to Grandma Joanne. We need some uh, Norwegian Scandinavian restaurant suggestions in the Twin Cities for there's Chris a Mann. Th- there's a place called the Bachelor Farmer that's a famous Scandinavian place in the North Loop neighborhood which is basically downtown. And there's yeah. one for you. Yeah, down like the Minneapolis area is not large really. So yeah, but uh, Tusen Tak to Zach's grandma. That's thank you, Norwegians. Look at some Kuma, some Shakagas. I love Norwegian food. Right. I was there this summer. It was great. When are you coming? Because she'll take you. To, she'll take you to oh, dinner. Gonna, I, I, I bet go, you anything. I'm gonna figure out these dates, and we're gonna. I'm gonna. I'll go to get some Norwegian food, and we'll we'll make this into a thing. I'm down. All right. so with his grandma, whether or not we come. Is yeah, you story. two can go. We'll meet you at the bar after. Yeah, yeah. I want some Norwegian, and it'll be good. It'll be good time. You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.